today we're going to talk about apathy. This is a place where we hope to make a difference for people. And part of the reason we even started this podcast over a year ago is because the world is really in chaos at the moment. People are really struggling, thus our name. Unless you can figure out the answer to what's the point, yeah. I think you're in danger. If you're in a, uh, a place where you just don't feel much, like smell something, look at something, That's listen right. to something, taste something, feel something that feels typically pleasurable to you. I think that there's something crucial about feeling like I matter. There is a reason why I'm on the planet. I have a gift that I want to share. This is why I'm here. Gosh, I had a goat growing up called Jimmy. And we knew. <laughs> I just did not see that coming. And who names a goat Jimmy? That is not a goat name. Jimmy Goat. This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient, or client relationship. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. And because each person is so unique, all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. Welcome to We're Not Fine. I'm Dr. Talia Jackson. And I'm Doug Jensen. We thank you for listening every week to our deep and thought-provoking conversations about relationships. Hello, friends. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to We're Not Fine, yet another episode with Doug and Talia. And today, we're going to talk about apathy, which we find so uninteresting no i'm just kidding that's a real that was an apathy joke that is an apathy joke you know so we've been doing these themes right we've done jealousy anger happy um and now we're doing we're going to do a theme about this and you know we reached Mm -hmm. out to our team we reached out to our podcast team and immediately one of our av guys john said do apathy and we were kind of like, you know, you were like, do you mean depression? And I'm like, no, right. I, I think it's different. Because apathy right? is a symptom of a lot of different things. But in fact, I find it to be one of the scariest yeah. emotions or states of mind there is. What's your state this morning? The state of confusion. <laughs> <laughs> what state are you in? Um, I'm in a very playful, rambunctious mode, if you haven't noticed, given how many times I stuck my finger in your ear this morning. Yeah. Whenever I try to concentrate, Doug gets increasingly annoying and I want to like bite bite your finger off. And then, you know, we were, I was so kind of, um, energized this morning that I- I'm taking away your pen. I need one. No, you've lost your privilege. Okay. Cap'n Jackson. Captain Crunch Jackson. Captain Crunch Jackson. Um, Here's the thing, though. We were actually talking about how coffee choices. So every time we come to the studio, there's some discussion about um, (laughs) about whether or not we need coffee. And Talia always gets a green one, and it kind of looks funny to me because it's it's matcha. Green coffee. Well, it was. It looks like. Yeah, he was like, "Are you drinking vomit?" Because that's what Doug sounds like. If everyone can see it on the corner of the screen. It is a delicious um, almond milk matcha latte. No, somebody from the Mm. coffee store was sick. Mm. And I don't know which. Rob thinks it tastes like grass. I must like the taste of grass. 
I must have been a cow. Can we talk? I was going to say sheep, goat. Yeah. Gosh, I had a goat growing up called Jimmy. And we knew. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? And who names a goat Jimmy? That is not a goat name. Jimmy Goat. Instead of Billy Goat, it's Jimmy Goat. You know what? I don't think I'm smart enough to get that brilliant humor. (laughs) Anyway, Jimmy was one of my favorite animals growing up on the farm. And you really remind me of him. Was he your best friend? Yeah. Did he Does that answer a lot of questions for you about who I am? An amazing sense of humor. Jimmy, um, so the sad part about this story is that I grew up on a farm and I was not particularly wise growing up. So I decided to take Jimmy uh, on in terms of like headbutting. Um, And then Jimmy grew (laughs) horns. This explains so much. I've always wondered who knocked that screw loose. And now so I will know. tell you, you know, the crazy thing is when Jimmy was a little baby goat, Aww. it was really easy to butt heads and then they yeah. grew horns and then it really hurt a lot. I think you should and um, then I kept doing it. purchase a ram for a pet to see what happens with the last eight brain cells that you have. <laughs> that was really mean. I'm so sorry. I didn't know where that came from. That was, that was rage. Hostile. And we're doing apathy today. We're not doing... Which I wonder if sometimes your apathy can turn into rage. But we're going to talk about that. I know. You know, so apathy, this is why it's so scary to me, is because yeah. it's the absence of caring, the absence of feeling motivated, enthusiastic, excited. It's an absence of desire. Mo- Did I already say motivation? Should I just you- repeat all the same things over and over again? But it's scary because the most terrifying question there is, I think, is what's the point anyway? And that question is contagious. So if you're hanging out with people that are like like a toxic workplace environment, let's say, where everyone's just like doing the bare minimum and what do I care and what's the point? I'm only going to make this much money so why would i do anything above and beyond the bare minimum or why bother trying in school or why bother doing this or that because there's no promise of a positive outcome and if you can't find the energy or the effort to move yourself in a direction without a guarantee that's a really fragile, scary place to be as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know what's tough about this? Like when when John brought up the concept of apathy, I remember feeling some pain around that because I think when I'm working with someone who is experiencing kind of that disinterest in typically pleasurable yeah. activities, which is a very specific symptom of a depressive experience, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, an episode or whether it's a chronic state of depression, that disinterest in p- typically pleasurable activities is something to pay attention to. And I will tell you, in general, I find that people, and I've found it myself as well, because I've had those moments where I'm like, there's something not working well. And I'm going to comment, Talia, you know, you talked about the specific situations, but I think pervasively in our culture right now, I'm hearing a lot of people ask that question, like, what's the point? Like, why are we here? What is our what is our reason for living? Like, because the political scheme, the, you know, the the pandemic aftermath, all of these things have caused people to feel a little less certain about mm-hmm. their future and a little bit little bit less certain about their emotional health and their social health kind of everything is up in the air right now and i'm i can't wait for us to continue doing this work 
to kind of help let that dust settle in this culture of ours, because I think we're really struggling. And I think the world is struggling. We have obviously a number of wars going on in the world right now as well. And so as I take a look at what's causing people some of this apathy, it can be circumstantial yeah. or it can be organic. And you know what I want to say about this is two things. When I think about apathy, sometimes some people talk about it as the opposite of empathy. So like that ability, like have regard and that uh, that that difficulty kind of being uh, considerate of other, what other people are thinking or considerate of, you know, uh, what else is going on in the world. I think apathy kind of just feels like there's just no kind of, uh, again, energy or motivation or drive or interest. I mean, we could go on and on yeah. all those words that you said. But, you know, I do typically when somebody says I'm really struggling with like a sense of like why I'm here and purpose, um, I typically I typically go down that depression assessment. Well, route, and I right? feel like those feelings yeah. can lead to suicidality, sure. which I think is what makes me so twitchy is because I feel yeah, like, of course, if it is, if you're experiencing apathy, it's usually because you don't feel good about yourself. You don't feel good about your future. You don't yeah. feel like you have the power or agency to change anything. It's just this general sense of cynicism or negativity, pessimism. And unless you can figure out the answer to what's the point, yeah. I think you're in danger. Which, by the way, I love that question. Like, why are we here? And right. what is our purpose? And I right. think there's a lot of reasons why we're here. Um, and I think gen generally having that sense of like, what what am I contributing to the world? What is my purpose? What brings me joy? What is I mean, it that's that, the antidote? It is the antidote. Apathy. Um, and I will also tell you that one of the things that, you know, for anybody who's kind of resonating with this feeling, um, I have had it as well. And I actually mm -hmm. called a psychiatric friend of mine at one point because I was like, I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't want to go to jujitsu. I don't want to engage as much socially or sexually or whatever it is. All of those things were kind of diminished for me. And I think there was some seasonal affect for me, but there can also be other medical conditions, Alzheimer's, stroke, schizophrenia. There can be other physical things going on for people that and can- insomnia. Sure. Like when I'm yeah, in sure. a jag of insomnia, it, it- How did you sleep last night? I don't even recall sleeping. <laughs> I I can't sleep before we record. I know the answer to this, by the way, it's folks. A so cruel, I was it was kind of a joke. trick question. Hello. Do you care about you today's there? episode? I care so much. I know you do because this is important, and we'll be energized by the time it's over. But I want to say two things about this. So if you experience apathy, which we're going to talk a little bit more about, like how to manage it and whatnot, we have a couple of mailbags that I'm excited to read. Yeah. Um. And and for us to discuss, but apathy is tough because you. I, I know for a lot of people, it's like confusing. Like, why am I not caring? I typically love to cook or I typically love lasagna or yeah. whatever it might be. And people struggle who are apathetic with kind of making things feel exciting and motivating. And that's right. Like, like buying, by the way, like working out, like it's really hard to do that if you're feeling apathetic, like what's the point? And you just got to trudge through that, which we're going to get to in terms of like how to manage some of this stuff. But How to combat it. And also burnout. Yeah. Is every if you're crispy, if you're exhausted, if you're not sleeping well, it does. It's like I think yeah. when you what you were talking about is like the novelty is when your life is full of routine yeah. and chores and same day in day out, and you're not getting a lot of joy. Yep. Yeah. 
that is where you have to figure out what is the purpose and how do I infuse novelty and joy into infusion, infuse and cultivate, which is really hard to do because if you're in a state of apathy, the problem is you don't have any motivation to change your horrible circumstances. And that's where the danger comes in is, you know, you're miserable, but you don't have the energy to do anything about it. You know you're miserable or you know that you don't have that typically interest and stuff. But I think, again, a lot of people figure out, like, I, why? What is going on that I don't have any drive or energy to do this stuff? And it could be sleep, but it could be seasonal affect. It could be depression. It could be one of these other physiological things that it's really important to weed out. And one of the things I would recommend is what we always kind of rule out medical. I remember taking my exam to become a uh, an independent therapist. And, you know, I remember the the guide was like, always rule out medical. Um, and I'm like, okay, I got that answer. It was always rule out medical. Yeah. Assess, 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 or just pick B because that's the most common answer. <laughs> um, and I remember Wait, is that, that bit- true. I thought it was just pick C. No, it's B. I think it's B. <gasps> that explains oh, that's why oh, God. I passed. And I passed with slightly higher marks because, because renowned, I got a, I got 100. What did you get? What did you get? 101. I got 104. Uh, by the way, we're not competitive. This has nothing to do with anything, but <laughs> I found out that I'm more competitive than I thought I was. Really? Oh, that's shocking. Because I always said I don't have a competitive bone in my body. And of course, I've got two teenage boys and a competitive <laughs> husband. And I thought I was like all superior. I couldn't even understand what they were getting all worked up about. Is that why you challenged me to an arm wrestling match the other day and then oh, like I lost miserably? That. And you're like, God, <laughs> Do so you want to try again? It turns out I am a sore loser. God, you sure are. And a real bitchy winner. How is it to lose every time? Well, I'm not a nice loser or winner. I'm kind of poking at your apathy and, and sleeplessness today. Have you ever been stabbed with a purple <laughs> pen? I knew that was coming, guys. Um, See, can I t- rage is the new antidote to apathy. Can I also tell you that one of the things that is striking to me, and I want to go back to like when people experience apathy, because I... I'm hoping that part of uh, what people who are listening or viewing this kind of consider is that it's really disorienting to have this experience. Like, I, you know, I when I was going through my own experience of apathy about a year ago, I mean, again, I called my psychiatrist and I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. Like, it just felt so disorienting to me. And I was thinking to myself, am I withdrawing? And then I started getting paranoid. Like, am I doing things that differently? I really wasn't. Right. Like, I was still doing things. We were still doing the podcast. I was still working the same way. Yeah, I was enjoying when I was. Heart wasn't in it. No, that's not true. Really? Do you remember it that way? Are you trying to no, say that my involvement then, in the podcast was haphazard? I don't recall you there for six months. No, you I don't. I was talking to a goat named Jimmy. <laughs> Do you like that name, Jimmy Goat? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I really—it's growing on me. Do you see that? I still have wounds from. I'm just kidding. I don't. From headbutting mm-hmm. the goat. But well, there is. No, I want to know more about this experience because I feel like it could be helpful. But you're saying that you were experiencing apathy, but somehow you were able to kind of show up and maybe it, it distracted you from it. Well, here's what I want to say, guys. When I was in my office working with people, which is my comfort zone, I'm dripping today. I have allergies or something. It's like still 50 degrees or something in Minnesota in February. Um, here's what I want to say. I, I remember sitting and I was in the bathtub, I'll tell you. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Because I'm not someone prone to depression. I've gone through depressive episodes in my life when I've had really huge stress or change going on. By the way, trauma mm. is another reason why people, I mean, we talk about freeze um, as one of the responses, fight, flight, or freeze. Um, I find myself clear that sometimes people feel apathy, like 
they kind of shut down in order to cope. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of different pieces of that that, um, for example, I think this is where like multiple personality disorder or dissociative identity disorder, as it's now known, like people get that very confused, but people cope with trauma in a lot of different ways. And sometimes it's simply shutting down and not being able to engage in the world because engaging the world doesn't feel safe or appropriate or you don't have the energy or the bandwidth for it emotionally or mentally. And it so, is a way of protecting yourself against the high highs and the low lows in a way. Is. And yeah, maybe be, if yeah. trauma is about relationships, it's a way of making sure that you don't get too attached or you don't get your hopes up so you don't get your heart shattered. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for me, so my experience was I was in the bathtub and I realized... That's a just, huge part of this story. Would you like to describe the, the bubbles and the scent? No. No, but what's funny is I feel very comfortable calling my friends from the bathtub. Much to my dismay. How many times have I been in the bathtub? <laughs> or you're always or you're, in the bathtub or the hot tub. I'm always. You're always in a I'm body of a water. Tub. If you're not recording, you probably do your Zoom sessions, your like remote days that you do therapy. Are you in a bathtub? Can I tell you what's so funny? What's just dawning on me is that my friend Sasha. Hi, Sasha. Hi, um, Sasha. She's going to be, we, she knows both of us. Sasha will be being, you know, she'll be going black right now because she thinks bathtubs are like vats of germs and dirty and gross. So she doesn't take baths. She'll go in the hot tub with me though because really? it's- Because it has chlorine? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got. Yeah, usually people are really grossed out by hot tubs more really? than their own bathtub. Oh, no. She thinks it's just a vat of your own filth. Filth. Sasha, feel free to write something on YouTube about this and what your experience but is. is it because she literally has a visceral response is to it me taking baths. That she's just specifically meaning you because you bathe with goats. I don't. Well, I have to think, <laughs> did I ever bathe with Jimmy Goat? I may have. Do you know what I did that was the I was very lonely on the farm. <laughs> so I had these two hamsters. Oh, no. Fluffy and G- Muffin. Gerbils? No, I'm pretty sure they were hamsters. Okay. And I was like seven or eight, and I would eat Cocoa Puffs for yep. breakfast. Yep. Because that would, was my they favorite. They would jump in? No, I would let them swim in my cereal while I was eating the cereal. Guys. I know. That's it's a why... wonder that I'm so successful as an adult. And I, it didn't, didn't occur to me when I was seven that hamster poop looks oh like my God. cocoa puffs. I'm sorry. They're dirty. As opposed to billy goats in your bed? Jimmy goats. Okay. So back to the topic. This is, <laughs> I mean, it's a really, it's a really, a, a very seriously, folks. It's yes. a very challenging experience to have. Um, and I, I think it, it doesn't feel good. Like you can't find that drive and you can't find that motivation and energy. So I'm, I'm going to say, of course, before we get into the mailbags, it's important to kind of understand what the source of it is to rule out some medical symptoms that might be the case. And for me, it was, uh, you know, taking a look at maybe a dopamine booster, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, which my friend Nicole is so amazing at, like, she was just assessing me cause she knows everything that makes me tick, uh, the benefit of having a psychiatric friend, um, so yeah, I mean, there's something about that, but it's uncomfortable and you kind of wonder like, am I ever going to feel better again? Am I ever, ever going to like recover from this? Because when you're in it, you can't imagine. It's kind of like when you have the flu, at least for me, when I have the flu, I'm like, oh my God, just take me out now because right. I'm never going to get better. 
Um, no, but that is so true. I think that's one of the scariest parts it is, of it is, apathy for sure. is when you're in it, yep. you can't imagine ever feeling good again. And if people haven't experienced that feeling, yep. it's really hard to describe. But it it really does feel like if this is how miserable life is, why would I put in more effort to possibly get nothing out of it? So it's important to listen to those people around you and talk mm-hmm. to people and and refine hope and to know that it will come back as it did yes. for me, as it does for a lot of people, it will come back. Absolutely. But honestly, in the meantime, I mean, you're kind of shut down. And if you're in a family system, it's hard to do the dishes and it's hard to cook and it's hard to clean. And so you're letting somebody else kind of probably take care of most of the stuff. And it's important to communicate at that point as, you know, I'm probably digging into a little bit like solutions here. But you got to let those people in your life know this is what's going on, because if you're isolating, they're going to be like, maybe they don't want to be friends with me anymore. If you're not able to do this stuff around the house, there can be resentment built by the person who's kind of taking over and making sure that the things get done in your home. But, you know, social functioning, getting together with friends, feeling sexual with your partner, all Mm -hmm. those sorts of things, they can all be impacted. But again, in addition, like job wise, in addition to if you're a student, I mean, it's really hard to focus. And for me, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I can be in the worst mood. I can have a really shitty thing going on in my life. And the minute I go to my office, I'm like so grateful to be there. I feel competent. Oh. I feel caring. I have I have amazing clientele. Thank you, all of yes. you. Um, and so I'm just motivated as hell to be in there because I feel so grateful for my practice. And a and I feel, change of yeah, scene. For sure. Did that And maybe places that make you feel like your best self. 100%. Yep. Um, that's really important to just snap out of that really dark, heavy, hopeless headspace and into something that maybe even used to bring you joy. That can snap yeah. you out of it sometimes. 100%. I also will say that, you know, one of the things that I do, which is not great all the time, like no matter what mood I'm in, I listen to videos on YouTube. Mm. I have a, a best list um, that I have and there's always something in there to kind of bring me back to myself, whether it's a really, really hard disco music like Todd Recall's Queen or um, something more, I don't know, melancholy like Family of the Year's Hero, um, which, you know. I oh, that, that that's a good one. I have played that constantly. That's a really good one. I know. Mm-hmm. I just play it right now. Um, if we didn't have to play, if we didn't have to have a, a cost of it, I would love to play it all the time on this podcast. Um, so, oh, yeah, you, I mean, yeah, yeah, there's like all, all together a lot people can do but we do have a couple mailbags as well before we just keep rambling on about this we could talk we could go to the mailbags yeah let's do mailbags and we're gonna give you solutions yeah yeah i gotta tell you i just i hope everyone's kind of resonating with the idea like feelings are really normal i'm someone who as we we knew from the anger one i have to get it out yeah i have to like put that shit out there and get those feelings out there i even have to talk about i I can't do anything like when i called my friend nicole from the (laughs) from the bathtub sorry sasha um when I called her from the bathtub, I'm like, and I, yeah. But it also Do you want to know the description of me in the hot, in the bathtub? No, thank you. But thank you oh. so much for asking. I already have a, a picture I can't seem to unsee. I bet. You, <laughs> it's that good, isn't it? It's that good. Uh-huh. It's that good. What were you going to say? That sometimes you're the last to know. It's, it's like almost like if you are stuck in this headspace of apathy, you're just experiencing sort of a real weak and diminished life force and enthusiasm and you're just trudging through but you might not even realize that that's not your personality it's just you're in a lull you're in a rut 
mailbags. Let's do this thing. Um, and you know, we haven't read these actually. I've not even seen these. Uh, so I'm excited to read this. Um, and mailbag number one kind of asks the question, like, how do you know if your apathy is a problem? Really amazing question, mm. frankly. Over the last seven years of my life, I have become incredibly apathetic to most, if not all, things in my life. Oof. I feel guilty about it too. Money isn't an issue that causes me anxiety. I have an amazing family that is incredibly close. I have a job in a field that I went to school for. I have a good friend group that I enjoy. I have no reason to be ap apathetic, but I am. Mm -hmm. Very similar to when I experience it. I'm not completely devoid of emotion or anything, but I can't seem to enjoy almost anything either. Likewise, when things happen that are negative, they don't really phase me as well. I can't tell if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it is becoming noticeable in my social life. Of course it is. Um, people who are close to me are starting to notice it's not a lot of fun to hang out with me, not because I am a downer, but because I have trouble sharing the same emotions that they do for any given scenario. My personality is becoming dull and uninteresting. Frankly, it does not sound that way. Mm. Um, honestly, I agree with them. I am painfully self-aware of this personality trait oof, that I have seemingly developed over the last decade, but I am also not sure how to help it. Do you have any advice? Oh. Yes, we do. It's just, it's so sad. I mean, as if apathy isn't bad enough, then feeling guilt about the apathy and self-consciousness that you're not as fun or joyful or enthusiastic as you used to be. I also feel like it's, it's scary when you aren't experiencing any of the lows that like, you feel like you should be feeling, like I should be sad about this, I should care about this, I should be angry. But frankly, I don't care. And then you're not feeling any of the joy or passion or drive. It's just a really, it's what I picture the landscape is like a Minnesota winter. Very monochromatic, white and gray and brown. And you're not experiencing any of the bright, bright colors. Or even when you, like you and I talk about sometimes just leaning into the melancholy or just like listening to sad songs or beautiful sad music just to feel oh my god yesterday i watched the series finale of this is us if, oh. you, if you want to feel wow, feelings, that's a long time ago if you want to feel feelings watch that show i was heaving and sobbing while doing my taxes it was re a real shit show but it's like if you can't even feel the beauty of the misery of being alive too, that melancholy, the messiness of the human experience, the grief and the loss, you're not experiencing the whole gamut of emotions in this lifetime. Um, yeah, you know what's interesting about that? I mean, you uh, first of all, all I could think about when you mentioned This Is Us is Mila Ventimiglia, who is so one of the hottest hot. men in the planet. Mm. So I would watch the show just for him. I know. Oof. Like, seriously. So if, <gasps> It's the first person that we both think is hot because we have very different types. So he wears very short shorts to go on walks and uh, runs with, and he's known for that. You need oh. to look at the internet. Anyway. You like um, a thick neck. I feel like that's your type. I don't know how that got into this. He does, does he? Anyway. John Cena. Oh, yeah. The Rock. Yeah. Yep. You like necklaceness. What are we? What are we talking about? 
Um, anyway, so I don't have, I obviously don't have apathy right now, but let me talk, let me talk about this. So it's interesting you said that because there are things, and like I said, I watch YouTube videos to kind of get me in a mood. Like before, before today's, uh, episode, I kind of woke up early at five 30. I started watching YouTube videos. It puts me in a mood to talk about these serious things, which of course we're not looking all that serious. Um, I want to comment specifically to this writer though, and talk about like, it is really important to understand, like you talk about this going on for several years. It's important to understand what's going on. Like, are you settling into your life? Are you living your, and I got to be honest, one of the big questions I would have for him is like, tell me about your life. Are you happy with it? Are you, do you like what you're doing? Do you like your friendship circle? Do you feel like you're honest uh, in who you are and putting yourself out into the world that way? Because as everybody who's ever listened to a podcast episode of ours, living an honest life is what I think. And I think it interferes with your sense of like energy and motivation if you are not living your truth, if you're not living that honest life. So I would encourage you to kind of take a look at that. Um, I discourage you from even thinking about guilt. You don't have to take care of anyone else's experience with you. If anyone is having a trouble with you being like Debbie Downer, Saturday Night Live did that amazing sketch of Debbie Downer. Oh my God. Um, and that wasn't apathy. I mean, that was pessimism. That was like glass half empty Cynicism kind of thinking. And pessimism. And, yeah, absolutely. But very, very funny. Wonk, yes. wonk. Uh, but I will tell you, um, I think I think you don't have to apologize. You just have to be you. But if you are experiencing low energy and motivation on a chronic basis, like you're describing, of course, have your physician talk to you about it. And I just also want to say, like, we're not talking about medications yet, but I'm going to. Um, again, there are dopamine boosters. There are mood stabilizers. There are That's mood right. enhancers. There are SSRIs. There are lots of different ways that people... Um, are assessed for medication and have an evaluation. And I encourage you to do that. I'm not someone who does that quickly. I yep. I typically tell clients, you know, I want to assess what's going on first. And if I feel like a medication evaluation is critical, I will refer you to somebody. Yes. And I, just, I will say the same. Yeah. Like it's maybe right. not the first course of action because I want me. you to pay attention to if there is apathy, what is it saying? Like if even if you found yourself sort of sleepwalking through your life for the last decade, I might argue this isn't you. You just are realizing that maybe you've created a life or been more passive in the last 10 years and have not been creating a life that you feel amazing about. But you do not need to suffer endlessly and feel guilty about this. And what Doug said, I mean, there is something to be said about even if it's temporary, finding a dopamine serotonin booster if it's like a chemical issue even if it's temporary all of a sudden you will feel a lift in the heaviness and the darkness and you're going to start to experience the world in a different way which will then help you remember yeah how to love the things that you used to love and put some effort in and once you feel some of that positivity you will start the habits up again that maybe you used to have when you cared about your life. And it's just good begets good and misery begets misery. Apathy begets apathy. Like get the joy and the passion, your life force moving again. I'm thinking about the early days of my clinical career. Um, And I remember I was working with a client who had very little kind of energy. Like they would come in and I'd say, so tell me about your week. And there would be very little, like mm-hmm. he would barely engage in the session. He was not able to give me a lot of information. And I went to my supervisor cause I was still in my, um, 
horrendous several thousand hours of clinical supervision needed mm -hmm. uh, to get my independent license, which is very valid. So I'm not trying to diss it, but it got tiring after a while. But I remember he said he has inadequate personality. And I said, that's not a thing. And the oh DS my God, sad. Here's the weird thing. The DSM had changed in DSM three. There was something called inadequate personality disorder. That's horrific. Isn't that horrid? And I, and then in DSM four, which is how I was taught mm -hmm. way back. We have DSM five now and as well text revision. So it's yes. a while ago since grad school for me. Um, but I will tell you that the DSM four took that out. Thank God. What a horrible diagnosis. But I remember thinking, does apathy look like inadequate mm. personality? And really for this person, it was not that. Um, and there's also like schizoid and there's, there's different personality types that do look a little bit unengaged, disengaged, mm -hmm. I should say. Um, but I want to say to this guy, do not assume you have a personality type right. that is apathetic. I don't buy that, by the way. The way that you're writing, the reason that you even wrote in, you know, the, the, the behavior of writing into us and mm -hmm. caring about this is caring about it. Because it's ego dystonic, which means there's a way that you are and that you're feeling that doesn't feel good to you. Right. Versus ego syntonic, which is like, yeah. I'm apathetic and I'm going to live my life that way and it feels true to who I am. That's right? right, which I don't think that happens very often. I not only don't think it happens very often, but again, I want to make the point that the, the reason you wrote in is because you give a shit about this. Mm -hmm. And that tells me that you're not entirely apathetic. It tells me that you're struggling with not having the energy and the drive and the interest and the, the motivation to do these things as we've been talking about these symptoms look like. And I would say, I'm very sad that you've let a decade go by. I did not hear in this description that you're in therapy. Um, and psychotherapy is, of course, a means by which you might go in and say, I just cannot find my drive. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times. I mean, both of us have had these experiences of people coming in and saying, I just don't feel like myself. I feel like I'm not driven. I feel like I'm not you know, able to do the things that I typically want to do. Mm -hmm. And it's important to figure out what that is. Nine times out of 10, there might be some dopamine or serotonin issue or whatnot going on that really does need to be addressed on a medical basis. But mm -hmm. um, I also want to say, you know, and we'll get to like some of these uh, strategies, but that assessment is critically important. I don't buy it for a minute that this is your personality type. Right. Again, I find myself a little bit wondering about your friendship circle. I'll be honest, like, you know, are these friends who are like, what is going on with you? Because if I had a friend who was apathetic, um, I might actually try really hard um, to find a way to energize. We did push-ups this morning. Um, yeah, but one what of us on our knees. A decade. Yeah. Oh my God. Talia, if you right. came to me and said, if anybody in our life came to us and said for a decade, I've kind of been out of it. I don't feel like I'm living my life. I don't feel like I'm a part of life. I'd be like, Okay, well, you need to talk to somebody because we need to figure out what that is. If it's over a decade, someone is in, is going to lose touch with who they were and, reality. and, and feel and, like it's who yeah. they are to yep. feel that way. Um, Doug, should we hop on to Mailbag 2 and then we'll, we'll do our solutions. We'll tell yeah. you what we think can just kind of pep up your life force and a way to get like both feet back into your life and yeah. have some faith. Yeah, we can do mailbag too. I just want to finish up on that one by saying, please don't assume you need to live this way. It is not an acceptable way of living to feel like you just cannot enjoy conversation or enjoy things Anything. in life. I just mm -hmm. do not think that for a second. And I have so many more questions for this person if they were sitting in my office. Yeah. Like, tell us about your job and your career and whatnot. And I got to tell you, the other thing I might want to say is, you know, people who are in jobs that are just like not meant for them. Mm -hmm. um, I just oof, do not think that's the case. Yeah, that's because... what like sucks out your life force. And that's why therapy is a great place to start 
Yeah. It's just a great place to start so that you can have two heads together and fresh set of eyes. And before I forget, and I apologize that I kind of keep talking about this particular mailbag, do not assume you need to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. I think we just feel like so pressured to like, and if Facebook is a part of this and Twitter and whatever else is social media that I'm not a part of because I don't understand it. Um, do not look at other people's lives and feel like yours is inadequate. Oh my gosh, if this is your life, point. you get to live it as you want. And what's right for you may not be right for anybody else on the planet. It does not matter. It is important to live your life. Honestly and you and can't compare your everyday mundane to somebody else's one curated shot of happiness that right. you have no idea what's really going on for That's them. Right. That's not real life. Right, Doug? Unless That's you're correct. Doug. Then it's all real. All the time. All, all right, mailbag. All real all the time. This is, I mean, and it's it's the same. It's just like a terrible feeling, and we want to help people that are feeling this way know that it's actually not that uncommon to go through a period of this or two or even three in your life. And if you battle with depression, it is, it's a common symptom of it. So you just have some faith that, People go in and out of this. This isn't who you are. This isn't life. This isn't how the story ends. We're going to help you snap out of this. Okay. Do you ever notice how pointless everything kind of feels? I don't mean with living or dying. I mean with existing. I get up. I do a normal routine just like everyone else. I wake up. I work. I eat. I sleep. I hang out with friends. Try to find something interesting or entertaining to do. It's, it's just like even painting that picture. I just picture like Groundhog's Day all in gray. It's just so sad. I get, I get there. Oh, I get that there's always someone there for you or someone to talk to. But for me personally, it all kind of just doesn't really feel like anything. Wow. Just moving through life, worried about shit that doesn't matter waiting for your turn to talk to the next person and do stuff that doesn't bring you a lot of joy when at the end of the day we're all only really worried about our own shit it's not like i can pick up pick someone up and put them in my pocket and boom problem solved i still have to eat sleep and live with how my brain works most things if not everything just feels like it amounts to blah 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 just different shades of gray to me. I'm just here a small part in an, in an expanding world and will be a small blink no one is worried about a thousand years from now. I'm not even sure if I'd envy the people who feel happy or content with everything in their lives. Then again, I have no clue what that feels like. What's the point in rotating between feeling bad, happy, or nothing at all? Ooh wee. I know it's so heavy. It's heavy, but you know, this is one of those times that I find myself wishing I could wish I could reach out to this person and say, come see me. Let's talk. Yes. Uh, let's come to my office and let's talk this through. Um, I'm going to just be very frank and say that this person sounds depressed to me. Um, there's a number of things that kind of just were pervasive in this uh, and repeated in this in this mailbag that tell me that this person has struggled for some time. You know, dysthymic disorder, which is a chronic state of depression versus like an episode where you feel it for a per right. short, shorter period of time. But dysthymic disorder is something that, you know, you feel kind of this way more days than not for two years or more. So I think there's a part of this that 
feels like we want to make sure that this person is not experiencing dysthymic disorder because if they are, we want to really focus on those things in their life that they could find hope in or they could find joy in or they could, you know, find self-care uh, as a means of kind of battling some of this chronic depressiveness. Um, I'm going to go back to something I said at the beginning of this uh, episode, and that's that I think the world that we live in right now with the climate change and with the political uh, divisiveness, I will call it, uh, with the you know race issues that we're facing in this country in particular, uh, with the wars that are going on in the world, with the post-pandemic fatigue that I think all all people have. And frankly, that was almost traumatic for all of us. Like I remember thinking, what if I get it? Am I going to be one of those people that dies? I mean- I know. A lot of people died from this and a mm-hmm. lot of people are still exploring that grief and a lot of people lost their businesses and their careers. You know, you and I were be able to be able to switch to Zoom. We were able to do telehealth. We were able to, you know, and telehealth is a real thing now. Um, and so there's a part of this that I would want to really explore with this person in depth. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that has previously given you joy? Um, is this a matter of like boosting again, your, your, you know, your mood through maybe an antidepressant, maybe not, maybe just talk therapy can help disclose some of that or discuss some of that and get to the bottom of it. Um, I want to go to something really stupid that I think, uh, that I think is kind of stupid, but probably has some merit in this conversation. You know, there's a lot of conversation in grad school, about like write your epitaph, like write your, well, what would you write about yourself? What would you write, uh, if you had an obituary, like, what do you want it to say? Um, what what uh, matter do we want to make in this world? What purpose do we want to make in this matter uh, in in this world? And I'll tell you, I didn't say that well. Um, I will tell you this podcast for us is one of those things, or my mm. career is one of those things. Like I feel grateful, beyond grateful for the positive comments we've had from the podcast and knowing that this is uh, a weekly meaningful ritual for a number of people who listen every week. Um, I will tell you, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to be a part of that. I'm happy to be a part of it. As we'll talk about at the end, like we we love your comments and questions because this is a place where we hope to make a difference for people. And part of the reason we even started this podcast over a year ago is because the world is really in chaos at the moment. People are really struggling, thus our name. That's um, right. And so, which I give my older daughter credit for the use of we're versus your, because um, remember, we were there first. Yes. Anyway. So there's a part of this that uh, I, I will say that this person has me so concerned about a depressive episode that needs to be identified. Um, I encourage you to think about what difference you want to make in the world because this person talks about like not necessarily feeling like there's any point to any of it. Like I just kind of am all, all looking off for myself. I will tell you there's a lot of us that don't. And I will tell you there's some benefit that a lot of people have in terms of just volunteering, That's right. doing something that offers something to someone else going to some shelter or going to some volunteer place or doing, you know, uh, offering to package up food to be sent abroad uh, to people who are um, hungry mm-hmm. and food mm-hmm. deprived. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I will say, I think there's a lot of benefit to finding purpose. You know, there's a lot of shows or a lot of movies where someone will do something kind and they're generally not doing well. The Grinch is a great one. The Grinch was still Christmas. Like the minute he started giving, getting joy or feeling joy. Or like a man called Otto. Have you seen that one? I have not seen it. Yeah. It's amazing. I can't get over Forrest Gump. So I always see him as Forrest Gump or. He's so. Castaway. I thought Castaway was wild. wild. That was a good one. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's okay. Um, So that's what I think. Like, I think you have to find something. And I would, if I were your therapist, I would like provoke you a little bit to think about like, what gives you joy? What do you want to contribute to this planet? What 
do you have as power to make a difference in your life? Like, what is the one small thing you can do? And honestly, there are times when I've opened a door for someone and they're like, thank you so much. Um, I feel better. Like I get a little boost of like, okay, I did something nice for somebody today. Or if I get a card from a client, which is probably my favorite thing to get. Um, not that everyone needs to send me a card, but I remember getting a card from a client that I hadn't seen for a while. And she wrote how uh, integral I was to making her life different. Um, I've had clients who tell me that I they would not be alive without the work that we've done. I'm incredibly grateful for that. It keeps me going. It gives me a little boost in my step. Um, you know, and I think we all have to figure out what that boost is going to be. But I would say, I want you to think about what difference you can make. But I, again, I might poke you a little bit to like go try to do something that is kind for someone else, given your specific comment that you do not feel like anyone gives a shit outside of themselves. I, I would challenge that belief system entirely. I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of people out there who are not selfish. Of course, I'm going to suggest that there are some who are very self-driven and self-motivated, mm -hmm. but I think there's a lot of us who actually do beneficial work for others as well. We have to take care of ourselves in order to do that. But I would say that there's a lot of people who are selfless. What are your thoughts? On I this mean, I think bag? that that like selfishness or what's the point? Um, yeah. It's like it's a part of the apathy. I mean, yeah. I love what you said so much. I also, you know, I, what I was writing down while you were talking is that without that sense of purpose or what's the point, it's really hard to do anything. And I yeah. find you know, what's interesting is I find some apathy in people that are even like independently wealthy and they don't have to work or they don't have to put themselves in unpleasant situations. They don't have to put up with an annoying boss or an annoying job or do anything that they don't want to do. And there's something that steals from you your ability to show up and do hard things. And I think that there's something crucial about feeling like I matter there is a reason why I'm on the planet. I have a gift that I want to share. This is why I'm here. And you get to figure out what that is for you. And if you can't figure that out, start giving. Start showing up and doing for others. And even if it's yeah, as agree. simple as what Doug said of like opening a door for someone or smiling at a stranger in the streets yeah. or pay it forward, buy a cup of coffee for the person behind you in line. Yep. These acts of kindness for other people will make you feel like you have a purpose on the planet. It doesn't have to be solve world hunger or something so big and overwhelming. So that's a beautiful place to start. Also, infuse some novelty. You need a fresh scene, a change of pace, meet some new people, go to a museum, like see what other people are doing in the world what good people are interesting creative geniuses like are doing people that motivate you and inspire you that can sometimes feel helpful too also get get in your body there's like this sensory experience that can perk us up and remind us of who we are yep. music has an incredible ability to do that even like things sure does. That it'll even if you listen to music that brings you back to a simpler or happier time, smelling beautiful smells like a warm bath, just looking at roses, looking at fire, anything that just wakes you up into oh, your boy. senses. 
Well, it's interesting because you're kind of flowing into the whole, like, what do you do yeah. to combat this? And yes. I, I want to say something. So I, uh, on recording days, uh, one of my AV, one of our AV guys is my buddy, Jeff and Jeff lives near, near me in Stillwater. He always comes to my house first. And then we drive together. We pick up John, the other AV guy on the way. Um, and it's interesting because we saw a Jeep, that color of kind of that greenish, yellowish color that Puce. I, God, I love it. Um, but the funny thing is we, there was one on the way and I told Jeff about, it. I said, it's triggering me because it reminds me of something from my childhood. And I know what it is. Um, mm. there was this crazy days in, uh, in the town that I grew up in and my mother had purchased this felt piece. And I don't even know why it was for sale. Cause it was really just a piece of like fake fur, but it was that color. Um, and regretfully I let it out the window of the car and it blew away. But, um, I remember <laughs> no. thinking it was so cool. Like I just kind of was enamored with the color of it and it brought back some joy to me because I thought I love that color. I would never drive that car because I like my cars black or white, but, um, I would never buy that, but buy that color car, but I love looking at it. It's like, if I see a bright orange color, like Subaru mm -hmm. has this amazing orange color to some of their cars. I, I can't wait to see it. I love it. It feels good to it me. It sparks oh, something. It sparks something. Like, like even our, yeah. You're in your senses. Like our logo. I like the color of pink and purple because they're bright neon colors. But I want to say something. And you went to the sensory thing. Mm -hmm. Like I have periodically told people, like, if you're in a, uh, a place where you just don't feel much, like smell something, look at something, That's listen right. to something, taste something, feel something that feels typically pleasurable to you. Do an ice water plunge. Oof. That'll wake you up. No, thanks. You know what um, I'm thinking of? You know, last, or Hannah Spanky, that episode, uh, which we fell so in love with her, but she was talking about her. pain to purpose. And I think it's also incredibly important yep. to think about like, your brain doesn't know the difference between you reminiscing about something beautiful that happened to you and yeah. you experiencing that in real time. Yeah. The same neurons and, and chemicals are firing. The same as when you're again and again ruminating about something negative that happened to you. That's like a part of your narrative of nothing ever goes my way. I'm always rejected or whatever that loop is that will end up making you feel a certain way about why bother what's the purpose yeah but if you then look at your life and you're trying to make purpose out of your pain you start to look at those loves that you lost or the jobs that ended it isn't about like oh everything ends therefore why bother but are there lessons to be learned about that of who you are and who you're not and what feels good to you and what doesn't. And so if you're looking back, make sure that you figure out how to narrate that story into the lessons learned, which might take a therapist. It's really hard to do. Yeah. Yep. Because otherwise, whenever you look at your past and what brought you to this dark place, you might narrate the story into this is just what life is. That's not true at all. Yeah. And as cognitive behavioral therapy will say, you're not feeling depressed or sad or apathetic about your situation. You're feeling sad, depressed, apathetic because of how you're thinking about the situation. So you've well, got to shift up that headspace and sure. perspective. And cognitive behavioral therapy is very much based on the here and now. Whereas, you know, the work that both Tali and I do is psychodynamic. So we take a look at family of origin history. We take a look at trauma history. We take a look at abuse and neglect history. 
um, every incident of your life kind of matters. And that is one of the things re related to this mailbag that I want to go after. Again, if that person came in and they were like, what's the point? There's no, you know, everyone is self-centered. Everyone's looking out for themselves. I'm going to challenge some of those distortions in the moment, right. which is a cognitive approach. Mm -hmm. But I'm also going to take a look at where does this come from? Like what happened to this person growing up where they don't have a sense of, you know, hope? And I'll, you know, I'll use an example. Like if somebody, you know, had a family that was saving forever and uh, their home burned down or something like this, like if you lost everything. Or if there was a death of a family member uh, or a sibling, I think people have a hard time figuring out like how to make sense of life after those sorts of things. And so I, I do find myself feeling like I want to do a, a strong family of origin history, a strong childhood and adolescent and early adulthood history with this person. Regard, I don't know how old they are, but you know, I think there's a part of this. We want to understand all of the pieces that might be influencing how you think mm -hmm. and what you think happens. Like if you had a, a parent who worked all their lives and they retired at 70, uh, no, let's go 65. They retired at 65 and a day after they retired, they died. I mean, right. the kind of, the conversation is obvious, right? Like what's the point? Right. And that's why I discourage people from putting all their, you know, eggs in that basket of like, you know, when I'm 65, it's going to be all much better. I'm also not huge on retirement. Find something else to do. Um, right. Cause it's sure. about the journey. It's about the journey for and sure. not the yep. end goal. And that also life never stops, man. That's right. So, so you've got to make sure that you are creating things that are interesting to you and a life that's interesting to you. And maybe yep. you can think about what motivates you. Like, is it relationships? Is it finding yourself ways of being of service to people that want or sure. need a little bit of help? Is it money? Is it travel? Is, is it, it travel? Yes. Which is you can travel? travel in so many different ways. It's not just about traveling in one way. You can travel with any number of different financial circumstances. That's right. And again, fresh scene. You need to infuse yeah. your brain with like new perspectives and new ideas and new feelings and new sensory experiences. And we can get to some of the solutions now, Those but I want to say the they were, um, and I just, you know, maybe just kind of summarizing them, but this is what I want to say. Both of these people took the time to write, mm -hmm. which I think is extraordinary. It speaks so much to the fact that, you know, there's something not right about having no sense of hope or having no sense of purpose or having no sense of like, why the hell are we here? Right. Um, and, you know, by the way, I'm just going to point out that a lot of people go to religion in this capacity like a lot of people will say the reason we're here is because what this particular re religion says we're supposed to do is this um i don't i don't generally subscribe to that um i do have a sense as many people who have listened to the podcast for a while know i do have a sense that there's something after this i can't explain it but i've had weird experiences in my life mm -hmm. that tell me there's something afterwards and that gives me hope to be honest that gives me a sense of like i'm here for a reason i'm yeah. here to serve this purpose i'm here to live my best life um, which is, again, kind of what we're talking about. So acknowledging that you're feeling this way is half the battle. Engaging in some sort of self-care, eat, sleep, and exercise are the three main ingredients to keep yourself going. Make sure that if you're not sleeping, you don't feel like your your mind is working well and that you're thinking clearly because it's not. Go to psychotherapy. Get another point of view. Have somebody listen to you. Don't assume you have to be in your head about this because when we just spin and spin and spin and we don't get this out, I will tell you, I'm one person who just benefits from talking and talking and talking. Right. Um, you know, we talk every day. At, we just talk. You, yeah. Um, he's more of an external processor, which is really helpful for some people. I'm more of an internal processor, but I love journaling. And one solution is to move yourself from this place of passivity in yeah. your life 
to think about actual solutions to problems. That doesn't mean if you're finding yourself with no energy to do anything, that doesn't mean that you can't just think about listing. These are the 15 things that don't feel good in my life. Yep. And what might possible changes be or possible solutions be? Right. No pressure to have to do anything about them, but even just the exercise of acknowledging might be really important to you, I think. Yeah. So, you know, we hope this has been helpful. This is a really typical uh, and, and common, but very, very excruciating thing to feel. So we appreciate John from our team who gave us the idea to talk about apathy. We hope our solutions or our, our suggestions for you have been helpful. Really, bottom line, it's not it's not okay to feel this way. And so it's, and you don't have to feel this way. That's right. Um, and you're not alone. So of course, make sure that you talk to somebody about this, kind of sort out the possible sources. And that might really be the starting gate to figure out some solutions to make your life a little bit more improved. And I, I will tell you, especially in the case of the second person, you know, that everyone is self-centered and there's no point in doing yeah. this. That is simply a distortion. But that's it also, it's contagious. That feeling is contagious, but so is positivity and inspiration and creativity. You're and welcome. sometimes, thank you for inspiring me to be a better version of myself. <laughs> sometimes we just need a win. Like if there is any low-hanging fruit in your life that will make you feel like, you could bring a tiny bit of joy to the world or you could get a tiny bit of joy if you set yourself a tiny goal and you accomplish it. Sometimes we just need a win to get ourselves moving back in the right direction. But yes, we are rooting for all of you for sure. and there's nothing wrong with you. You just are in a rut and we hope you find some of these solutions and some of these stories um, inspiring or at least a reason to go find your life force again. Go be your best selves. We love you guys. Hey guys, do you know we're on YouTube? <laughs> oh my goodness. And we're much <laughs> funnier in um, 3D than we are in 2D. Wait, is that 2D or 1D? It doesn't matter. I don't we're know. also, find us on social. Um, Instagram, Douglas L. Jensen, Dr. Talia Jackson, and We're Not Fine Pod. And again, We're Not Fine.com is where you can submit any questions. You can tell us your name. You can not tell us your name. You can make up a name, but please submit any questions you have whatsoever. And to be honest, everybody probably that is listening to this, everybody that you know, has like issues. One of the things we keep hearing from people is that I've got a friend who really wants to write in, but they're afraid to write in. Don't be afraid. Just write in. And even if you're writing in for your friend, write in for your friend because we want the questions to keep coming forever and we will continue to be here for you. We're not fine.com. You could submit any of those questions, comments, etc. Thanks, guys. We're not fine, but. But at least you are not the color of the puce Jeep. <laughs>